after paying me to be here, Clayton Safey is on. I'm just kidding. He didn't pay me. He paid me the first three times he was on the show. That's also that is true. That is actually not true. But we have got Clayton Safey from on three, the Wolverine.com to hear to hear here to help me discuss Michigan's Big Ten championship game against Iowa on this episode of Locked On Wolverines. You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Friday. We are back and doing a Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. We've got Clayton Safey right over here to, to my side. I don't have the confusion of trying to point uh, when we're doing the Zoom because he is here in person, I think. Um, so I'm AI, actually. That's I find that to be actually relatively true. So, Clayton, we are here in Indianapolis, Indiana. It is tropical outside, but not in a good way. Yeah. And uh, yet, uh, certainly a lot of excitement, at least on my end. I don't know about you, but to me, just getting to come down here, it's a different drive than coming down for Big Ten Media Days. Because when you come to Big Ten Media Days, it's just kind of like, all right, you know, it's you're just taking kind of a boring drive. You're enjoying the sunshine, hopefully. You wish you were golfing. Yeah. Because it's in the summer. Yeah, exactly. Well, you did golf last year during it uh people asked you to stop um, at lucas oil stadium but we are going back to lucas oil stadium to see michigan play iowa for the second time in three years how excited are you for this game and how not excited are you that it's iowa well i mean it's not the most exciting matchup i saw some i was reading some article where it might be the largest point spread in conference championship game history there might have been one that was over 20 back in like 1999 or something like that. I didn't even know they were playing them back then. But um, so it's not exciting. But if you're a Michigan fan, like you got to feel pretty good and understand that you, if you win this game on Saturday night, like everyone expects, then you're moving on to the college football playoff again. And talking to the players and, you know, the coaches and everything, it just feels like this year more than ever. And Jim Harbaugh actually said this on Sunday during his Zoom call, but it just feels like they're ready for that next step more than ever. Not that they're overlooking Iowa, but they're ready after Ohio State's done, you know, there's not going to be that hangover. At least you hope that. Everyone says the right things, and then you never know what can happen. But that's how I feel, too. Um, nothing will top coming down here in 2021 for the first time. And just the energy and, and the fan base and everything. And last year was great, too. But it's going to be another fantastic weekend, I think, in Indy, as long as Michigan wins the game. And then uh, you go from there. By noon on Sunday, we'll know where their destination is for the playoff, if they win. Obviously. I think I am honestly just as psyched to be here as I've been either of the other times, okay. to be honest. Like maybe it's not quite as exciting as the unknown, but I, I I went into last week's game kind of just being like, Well, I don't see there being a possibility that we're not going to Indy. I, I understand there was a possibility that they weren't, and if there isn't pressure on Kyle McCord on that last play uh for the Buckeyes offensively, we, we could be sitting at home like a lot of the Ohio State media are, and not uh, hi guys, <laughs> not getting ready to enjoy a wonderful St. Elmo's dinner, uh, which uh, what I are mean, you getting? Ribeye? I'm getting the ribeye. I don't, I don't know what I'm getting. Okay. I, Game time decision. Yeah, I, I don't really know even what they have. I mean, maybe oh, ribeye. Ribeye. I, 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 I was excited about Prime Forty Seven initially because I got the Chilean sea bass when we came in 2021, mm. and I love Chilean sea bass. But yes, steak is almost certainly on the menu for me tonight. 
and we already know what you're getting. I thought you were vegan. I am vegan. I, I did try being vegan for uh, for a minute. I felt great, but I was hungry all of the time. Um, nonetheless, Jim Harbaugh returns for this game. I, I, I'm glad that we're we're able to have a little bit of a silly season now after the seriousness of the last month. To be That's honest. true. Sure. It's, we all deserve it. Every episode for like the last like 25 episodes has been utmost seriousness. So being able to just kind of have some levity and enjoy things is really cool. Uh, Jim Harbaugh does return, right? Mm-hmm. And we have seen a different Michigan team when Jim Harbaugh is on the sideline. Now, granted, the Rutgers game didn't have any different of a lopsided score than the three previous. But after that, suddenly it just kind of took off. How much of an impact do you think Jim Harbaugh has when he is on the sideline compared to not? Or do you think that there is no difference? I think there's a difference. It's hard to say, though, because this is the first time ever that we've had. It's been twice, but the last three games have been actually big games. And, you know, they probably would have blown out the first three teams anyway. But it's the first time we've ever had to actually try to figure out what's the, you know, how much can you actually calculate, like, that a head coach is worth during the three and a half hours during a game versus, you know, him being there during the week. So it's very unique. I don't know exactly what the difference is. I think there is one, though, and I think it'll have a positive impact on Michigan, not only because Jim Harbaugh is going to be there, but Sharon Moore now is just back in his role. Offensive line, he'll be tending to them, calling the plays, making adjustments, and all that type of stuff. Jesse Minter will be able to just worry about, you know, just coordinating the defense, not have to worry about calling the timeouts, that sort of thing. Mike Hart was doing the timeouts on offense. So I think putting the aces back in their places, especially on a coaching staff that's down Chris Partridge, too. Like, you're already down a guy as well. So I think that's huge, but I think we'll see the players come out with some extra juice on Saturday night. And the most intriguing part of this is the fact that Tony Petiti may have to hand Jim Harbaugh, and likely will. I mean, they're 23-point favorites. The Big Ten Championship trophy. I'm excited. I can't wait to hear what little jab maybe Harbaugh gets in, or will he go overboard with praise about the Big Ten and, and everything and Tony Petiti like he sometimes does when you kind of know like eh, I don't really know if he likes this guy that much so that part's interesting but they got to get through the game first and I think having Harbaugh back is going to help Jim Harbaugh pulls a Jack Sporbrick right there on the on the podium and hands him a, a notice that the, the Michigan Wolverines will be playing in the SEC that would be great. That would be really funny, but obviously that's that's not. But then you don't get to play Iowa in the championship game. No, and everyone's clamoring to play Iowa. Speaking of Iowa, we're going to talk about Iowa here in just a moment. But before we do that, listen, it is cold outside, and as the weather gets colder, NFL offers stay hot, 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 scorching hot on FanDuel. Because right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Pick whatever team. Pick Michigan, and you get you get that's free money, right? You you think Michigan's gonna win? Put five dollars on Michigan and get 150 dollars back. I'm probably gonna do that even. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. I, I love the quick withdrawals. I think that's the best part because you you get your money. You want your money. You don't want to have to sit there and wait. They're instant. You've got the overs, under spreads, player props, everything that under the sun. Uh, and that's then uh, that's whether what no matter what sport you're looking for now obviously NFL season is going on you've got uh, get games on Sunday get past the appetizer and go right to the entree we're all waiting for Sunday this is just an appetizer in Indianapolis that's not true anyways visit FanDuel.com/lockedon kick off NFL season FanDuel official partner of the NFL this game's like the shrimp cocktail of the weekend I don't it's not though. 
This is the main event, folks. All right, cut. All right. All right, so Michigan, Iowa. This is an Iowa team that is, shall we say, offensively challenged. It is the worst offense in all of the Power Five, darn near the worst in all of college football. That's not necessarily new. We saw kind of a similar deal a couple years ago, but this is even worse because this is worse. Spencer Petrus was at least a Power Five quarterback, right? Like, he wasn't a good one, but he was one. We'd seen Spencer Petrus have success when he had some receivers and the year before when he had Amir Smith-Marset. You know, that was actually kind of a pretty good offense in 2021. Or sorry, 2020. And then in 2021, all falls off the whatever, you know, the cliff. They have no receivers. They have Nico Regani. They have... Uh, Caleb Brown. They had Caleb Brown. They have... Well, that's now. Oh, but yeah. I'm saying before in 2021. Gotcha. Uh, they, they had uh, the best player in the NFL, which they just underutilized in Sam Laporta. Uh, so, it's, I mean... Obviously, sure. love some Sam Laporta now. Uh, nonetheless, right now you're looking at an Iowa team that has Deacon Hill instead of Cade McNamara. No tight ends, essentially, to speak of. Nico Regani and Caleb Brown exist. They do exist. And, the, like, the running game is kind of met. You've, I think, delved deeper into Iowa than I have. So what do you see with the Iowa? Offense? Well, the stat that stands out the most when you talk about all that, and the weapons or lack of weapons they have, is that Eric Hall leads this team in receiving yards at 299. He hasn't played since October 14th. So that kind of tells you everything you need to know. I mean, part of that is Deacon Hill's fault because he can't get it to these guys. And part of this is that Deacon Hill doesn't have many weapons to get it to. Now, Caleb Brown, I, when he was in the portal last year, I was thinking maybe Michigan should go after him. They went after him as a recruit. So I respect him. I think he was he was hurt last week, but he'll be back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this Iowa offense, When if you watch the Penn State game, they had 76 total yards. They couldn't get – they couldn't move the ball. They couldn't get any first downs. They couldn't score any points. They lose 31 to nothing. I think Michigan's got a probably better defense than Penn State and a better offense that's going to set them up in, in better situations. So I think it's just going to be really tough for Iowa to do anything offensively against Michigan. Their best bet is to maybe get a first down or two, get Torrey Taylor, their outstanding punter out there, punt it, pin Michigan deep, try to get off the field quickly, three and out, four and out, five and out. You know, like maybe Michigan gets – one first down, but you got to force them to punt, kind of win that field position battle. If you can hit a play and score, put the pressure on Michigan. Um, I just don't see a total path. I, I think you've got to be a little bit wary of this Iowa defense. They haven't, they haven't forced the turnovers like they normally do. Only 15 this year, 10 picks in 12 games. They were over an interception a game the last few seasons, and obviously they score on a lot of those. Only one pick six this year. So Michigan's defense, I know Cade made the comment earlier in the year, Scored much more than the Iowa defense. So you got to be wary of them in that respect. But I think Michigan, if they come out, execute well, they should win this game going away. I think the aggression last week from Sharon Moore going for those fourth downs was huge and a big reason why they won that game because Michigan was able to pick those up. I wouldn't be surprised if they go a little bit more conservative in this game, try to just, you know, if they're in a fourth and one or two, maybe just take the points and get up on Iowa because they're not built to play from behind. That's kind of how I see it. Now, that said, to, I, I kind of wondered the same thing because one of my biggest keys in this game is just get ahead. You know, yeah. get a two-score lead, that, that should do it, right? I mean, theoretically, we thought the same thing in Iowa City 
last year didn't yeah. quite go in that way. Uh, suddenly the Iowa offense was like Patrick Mahomes uh, back there throwing to you know, all of his different receivers. Games are weird there, though. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, you were you feeling... could feel the momentum shift after JJ had that that like fumble backwards pass mm-hmm. thing. It was just like weird to feel. You were on the field. I was actually in the stands. Shout out to Iowa for not giving us a fourth press pass. But um, you could feel the momentum shift where it was like, what is kind of going on here? The crowd was getting back into it. But when it was 14-3 here two years ago at halftime, there was someone sitting next to me in the press box that said they had a bad feeling about it. But I was like, how are they going to score enough to come back on Michigan? They could have – they won 42-3, but they could have stopped at 14 and, like, just punted the rest of the game on second down, and I think they would have won. So – like you said, this offense is much worse than even two years ago. So that's, mm. you know, that makes you feel good. If you're Michigan, I agree with you. Get a lead, and then you should feel pretty good. I can take a pretty wild guess as to who you're referring to. Um, and the, uh, the thing that they did in that game, though, was be very aggressive at the outset. Get that two-score lead. I would not be surprised if we see something similar. But also, I kind of feel, for all of the talk of this Iowa defense, I feel like to some degree it's a paper tiger. They kind of I agree. They, they fell apart completely against Penn State. That vaunted Penn State offense with Drew Aller at quarterback, who uh, has uh, had 247 passing yards on the Iowa defense, and we saw just how electric Drew Aller can be. Sorry, Drew Aller can be. That's true. Uh, in the uh, in that, um, so I do feel like, especially no Cooper DeGene, like they just they they've got guys that are going to play well. They don't have that playmaker. Yeah, exactly. They don't. Xavier Nwankpa uh, is probably the only one that I would look at, but I mean, he's in his second year, hasn't really taken that big, giant step forward that you would hope a five-star would. Um, I'm a really great kid. I remember interviewing him as a recruit back forever ago, it felt like. But um, nonetheless, they just don't really have the same type of Iowa defense. I think that this could get ugly. Will it get ugly? I don't. It, it might get ugly and not in a good way. Um, in terms of it just being a slap fest, but I, I feel like Michigan's offense is primed to take advantage of an Iowa defense like this. What do you think about that? I agree. This defense sits back, two high safeties, tries to make you make a mistake. You know, if you throw a ball that's tipped or if you overthrow a ball, they're going to probably pick it off. But when you play against better teams with better athletes, you know, Michigan probably won't, won't make those mistakes. And JJ's got to stay away from that. But Michigan's going to be able to make some plays. Iowa has only allowed 18 plays of 20-plus yards this year. But look at the teams they've played, like Ethan Calliak Manis, an Illinois quarterback, the really good, the second guy. It's not even Altmaier anymore because he was so bad. Such good players. So in 17 of those were through the air. I think they're a little susceptible in the back end, talking to Tom Caker, too, from Hawkeye Report, who covers Iowa. He was saying he thinks there are some big plays to be had through the air in this game, and I agree with him when you, when you kind of watch Iowa – no one had the, the horses to, to push the ball downfield against them. Penn State did. Penn State also had a bunch of short fields as well in that game, which helped them out. And I think Michigan could do the same as long as they're able to not let Iowa, you know, move the ball at all and, and you know, win that field position battle. So I think it could get ugly, too. I think Michigan will probably win by a lot. Um, I don't know if we're doing predictions on here. but We will at the end of okay. the third segment. Segment three. Yeah, got to wait just a couple minutes. Okay. And we will, we will get there. Uh, none, nonetheless, I, I, I just don't see any advantage that Iowa has over Michigan in this game. And Tory Taylor. I mean, that's literally it. And, you know, and maybe Tory Taylor didn't actually even have a good game against Michigan last year. True. And Doman's actually been great. Yeah, so. exactly. So I would 
I would maybe even call that a wash. Sorry, any Iowa fans. Especially that are without DeGene returning punts for Iowa, because that dude is electric, but he's out for the year. So they don't have that special team's firepower in the return game right now either. The only thing that they have as their advantage is Cade apparently giving all the Michigan secrets to... Uh, is that legal? Yeah, it's I, I, apparently that's completely legal. you got to run that through yeah. Petiti. Yeah, but he'll, he'll be there, so I mean, just they got to just meet intermediate for, uh, real quick and find out what... If he doesn't think. chicken out, he'll be there. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that, but... Uh, it's, Hi, Tony. <laughs> he, Tony Petiti watches this show. That's, I know. Yeah, that's what he does. Um, nonetheless, Michigan's got an advantage at every position, every single one. I would even, the, I, the only one I would say is, like you said, punter. I would call that essentially a push at this point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if you saw, I'm sure you did. I watched it no less than 10 times, that hype video that was circulating yesterday from Cover 3. That was kind of cool. It was incredible. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go check that out. It's a hype video that features, uh, I don't want to ruin it. Just go watch it. It's amazing. Uh, but that's kind of the only place that Iowa has any kind of advantage. Michigan's got an advantage in every single position. This is Iowa has had this defense under Phil Parker for a long time, and it's been really good. When it's had an offense that's been able to play complementary football, being able to run the football, having a Goodson or an Akram Wadley or, you know, any other weird-named uh, running back that they've had, not to sure. impugn them, but I don't remember any Iowa running backs were players, they all just have very nondescript names. To maybe I'm being being like we were against TCU. I know. I remember sitting up. I just thought of that. So because I came on and we were like, oh, three three five, you know, no yeah. big deal. But I mean, ultimately, we we've seen Iowa, we've seen Michigan. Michigan's supposed to be among the best teams in the country. A lot of talk about Michigan potentially being the best team in the country. If they are, then they win this game. We're going to continue talking about the game. We're going to give the score predictions that Clayton really wanted to give early uh, and just kind of, you know, kill all the momentum of the show. Uh, We'll get back to that in just a moment. All right, finishing up here. We've, uh, I have no idea how long we've been going. I don't know. uh, We might have a short show. It's certainly not going to be a long one. Uh, I can't read the screen from here. That's the the negative of... uh, Doing this on the road, camera's way far away, uh, and we do all the audio there. So just a little inside baseball for literally not one person cares about that. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, how do you think, well, first off, I'm going to ask you, because I did my keys to the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. What are your keys to a Michigan win in this one? I think, like what we talked about earlier, get up, and even if that means, like, Harbaugh likes to, especially in big games, kind of go for it on fourth down, that sort of thing. And and I, I wouldn't blame him if he does that. But even if it means you're a little bit more conservative, I think you take a lead early on in this game, put the pressure on Deacon Hill, who's 6'3", 258 as a mm. quarterback. Um, by the way, I just wanted to throw that in there. But Might be hard for Mikey Sainer still to sack him. Mikey Sainer still plays like he's 250. He does. But um, might be, might be a little harder, though. True. He's the toughest dude on the field, pound for pound. Um but I think get up on them early. I think there are big plays to be had in the in the passing game if you're Michigan. And then if you're Michigan, just don't make mistakes. Um, you know, so you may try to make a big play in the passing game, but maybe play it a little bit safer, I guess, if you if you need to, if it is gonna be close for a while. Cause Iowa can can muck it up and make it close for a little bit while. Even that game two years ago, and again, that was a different Iowa team, but it was really tough sledding for Michigan early on in that game. Then they hit the the two big plays, I forget what order they were in, honestly, at this point, but the Donovan pass to Roman mm-hmm. Wilson, 
And then the... And that was the second one. The that was the second. The first one was Blake's big run with JJ blocking and, mm-hmm. and everything. So, you know, that's part of the get the lead type of thing. But uh, just don't make, the, don't make the mistakes. And I think, you know, Michigan can... Even if it is 10 nothing at halftime or something, I just think that Michigan's going to outlast them. But uh, certainly getting out big, you, you got to feel pretty good if you're, if you're Michigan. And then the key is to... Do something. Throw a little jab at Tony Petiti on the stage too. I mean, that that's a key, but you got to do the other keys first. Right, they're in order. Yeah, in order. So get a lead, keep the lead, score more points than the other team, and then take the trophy from Tony Petiti. Rip it out of his hand. <laughs> Rip it. Do, do like uh, Counter Cook. Uh, uh, getting yeah. the, uh, in twenty fifteen, just pretending like Archie Griffin was like just a nothing person. Like I never never won a Heisman or two. And Who's going to get the bigger boot, Archie Griffin before he hands out the MVP trophy or Tony Petiti? Oh, easily Tony Petiti. I agree, which I is agree. wild because the Michigan fans always boo Archie Griffin. but And, and Archie Griffin seems like, I mean, at this point, he's just like a, he kind, a kindly old man, right? He laughs it off. I almost feel bad for him yeah. <laughs> up there. but it's, it, it's just kind of a kindly old man. He knows the deal. It's Michigan-Ohio yeah. State, baby. Come on. Exactly. So um who would win now that you say that who do you think would win the mvp if you were to take a guess now we did this on our show shout out over on the wolverine yeah check it out um maybe maybe check them out maybe depending on how much time you have true check this one out first um i got jj it's a chalk pick easy pick but again i I just think you know i i think too that like they they may might want to get him going in this game a little bit too Hasn't had as many opportunities lately. Might be feeling a little bit healthier here. But you also just got to keep him healthy, too, because we're seeing what's happening with Florida State right now. Any other team that loses their quarterback at this time of year, I mean, no offense to Jack Tuttle, but it basically takes Michigan out of national title consideration if you're, if you're, um, if you're looking at it from, from that standpoint. So keep him healthy as well. I think if they get a big lead, I wouldn't be surprised to see him come out and, mm-hmm. and see Jack Tuttle play. I mean, that would be the dream, uh, essentially, to, to see kind of like a, a re- rehash of like Minnesota or Nebraska where everyone that travels gets to play, except for Greg Tarr. Sorry, Greg Tarr. You, you have to sit, man. He played the next game. He did play, he did play the next game, but, you know, that, that first, uh, the Nebraska. The one. graphic, though, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's, uh, especially because he ended up starting most of the games at Long Snapper last year, so he just didn't get his opportunity this year. Um, I, I'm going to go with... That was talking long snappers. Y- yeah. So, I mean, that's... that's a good segment. <laughs> that's, when, when you're talking Michigan-Iowa, you have to get to the long snapper. True. You can't not talk about the long snapper if you're talking about a matchup such as this. Um, my MVP is going to be Mikey Saner still just because you already took JJ. Uh, I'd love to... I, I think that there's also... Deacon Hill has had some okay games, but, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to see the... It, uh, the type of pressure, I certainly he saw Chop Robinson, uh, which is one guy. I think the, what the types of exotic packages that Jesse Minter very well may throw at them on clear passing downs, it's going to be interesting. I think that he's just not going to – I think there's going to be a lot of moments of panic for Deacon Hill. His numbers against the Blitz, too, are very – even lower than his regular numbers, which are low. So uh, I like that, and Mikey could take advantage. He just seems to make a play when they need him to make a play, which is – in a skill that you don't find even in some of the most talented players. And I think in large part, too, being a former receiver, you know that he can go up and get the ball. It's not because he can't play receiver, as you usually think about with defensive backs. So uh, with that in mind, I like and you, you can check, you can, you can also, you can leave right now, and you can go to the, the Wolverine.com 
and you can find the score prediction, the staff prediction. True. Uh, or you can wait two seconds and hear it here, and then go with Wolverine and find all of the rest of their staff predictions. But Clayton, without further ado, when you think about this game, when you've got a game that's going on like this game is going on, and you think about the game, and then the way that the game goes, mm-hmm. okay, I, I just wanted to see how long I could tease <laughs> yeah. that out. Score prediction, Michigan-Iowa Big Ten Championship. Yeah, kind of throw out everything we've, we've already said so far. I just think Iowa's a team of destiny. Mm-hmm. And I've got 2 nothing Iowa. No, I got, I got 34-3 to three Michigan. Um, you know, I think Iowa's going to keep it close for a while. And you do start tied, right? It's 0-0. Zero, zero. Theoretically, so it's close right at the beginning. But theoretically. I think they'll be able to they'll get some stops. They'll make it a little – they'll get people a little bit antsy, I think, in the beginning. But I think the flood, floodgates are going to open at some point. The over-under for Iowa in each half, I think it's two and a half. It started at, as a half point because it's like, okay, they'll either score a field goal or a touchdown in one of the halves, and then they'll go scoreless in the other. Um, I, I think they're going to get to three somehow. They're, they got a weird kicker situation going on right now, too, because the backup had to come in after the last week. You know, the starter got two blocked. So I think they'll get to three, but I got 34 nothing or 34-3, sorry. Uh, I'm with you, very close to with you. I have more faith in Michigan than you do. Um, I think that Michigan's <laughs> just clearly um, much better than you think they are. Uh, I'm going to make sure that every player that I know knows that that's my opinion versus yours. Mm-hmm. I have Michigan winning 35-3. to three. Really? Yeah. You thought of that before? Or? I did. It's, okay. it's in my prediction piece on Wolverine's player, I like and I said it on... I said it on the Bleacher Report uh, live stream that I did yesterday. I like it. I'm going to go 36 to <laughs> well, Now that I remember, actually, I said 37 to 3. So, um, nonetheless, that has Michigan beating the, sp- uh, the spread and the, the over under in the game. Uh, and I don't think it, any of the over unders going to have anything to do with Iowa as much as it's going to have to do with what Michigan does. Michigan is certainly capable of beating an Iowa defense like this, just like it was capable against Ohio State or Penn State. And they've had reasons to kind of back off from being necessarily too aggressive. I think this game they'll be a little bit more aggressive. Not going to go quite forty-two to three like it was. I got. I guess I'm. If Iowa does win, this whole podcast is going to age very poorly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like everyone we had, uh, the one we had what one or two uh, previewing TCU. I Delete had, those. I had one with Jake, but it was equally as. You know what? I'm not sorry. Want to know why? Because I deserved it. Because I went to Garrett Riley, the offensive coordinator, currently at Clemson, formerly at TCU. You asked him what gives him the right. Yeah, basically. I'm like, why do you think that you can play on the same field the champions play on? Because <laughs> they didn't win the Big 12. They weren't champions. No, exactly. And uh, uh, it's always sunny reference. for. And then 51-45. Yeah. Well, I don't think it did. Anyway, that's going to do it for the silliest show we have ever had. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will be back sometime after the game. Probably not Saturday night. Maybe Sunday before I leave. Most likely Sunday late. Talk to you then. Thanks for watching. Peace.